Hello. Hey. Well, we wanted to start with a cold open to let you know that we're going to do a Halloween episode. Ooh, spooky. (laughs) I'm so excited. So we hope you'll join us on the 31st. Yes. Yes. It'll be a kind of a two-part episode. All in in one one episode. In one episode. Something kind of spooky. Halloween related. And one more true crime related. Yes. I'm super excited. Awesome. So if you join us then, you'll also get to hear the winner of our giveaway. We're extending the giveaway. Yes. Because we have a special episode and we're like, why don't we just extend it? And then it gives our listeners more opportunity to tell their friends and to go enter the giveaway. It's on our Instagram and I think on our Facebook page. Facebook, yep. Facebook you can enter the giveaway under either post. In that way. Absolutely. So remember, if you rate us on Apple, especially, yes, please let us know. I saw some ratings and we have no idea who you are because they don't take your name. So if you yes. rate us, let us know. Even if you leave a review, but your username for that review is different than your actual name, let, let us, us know because that earns you an entry. Absolutely. As well as tag your friends, tell your friends, yeah. read all the rules, though. Yes. It's a lot to it, talk about now. Everything is outlined <laughs> on the post. Yes. And we're super excited to bring you a Halloween special. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah. Let's get into the case. Sounds good. Welcome back. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's finish this one. Hey. You left me in suspense. All right. I'm Savannah. I'm Alicia. And this is Burden of Proof. All right, guys. Hopefully you've listened to the first one. <laughs> yes. So we're coming in if for not, part two of Pazuzu. Algarod. Algarod. Yes. All right. Where? So we left off with the portion about Josh Wetzler. Who was one of Pazuzu and family's victims that just plays a really important role because if things had gone differently with that whole thing, then it's possible that other victims... Possible, yeah. ...wouldn't have... Well, I just say that because, you know, who knows? But if they had done the right thing at the police and they had searched the home. Yeah. When they said that they searched the home. Yes. They would have been arrested (laughs) for murdering someone and therefore nobody else would have been hurt. So I think the thing my brain went to was the whole, you know, our favorite thing, Bond. Now, would he have gotten Bond? Bond? Probably not. But nor could he have made it realistically him no but we'll get into his mother a little later okay all righty so i'm gonna go quickly go over a couple other unrelated charges that just kind of show police were at the house anyway or i can't police knew that not good things were happening at the house yeah we'll we'll put it like that okay so you have like 
this is so hard to get out because <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. You have all these reports that a body is buried in the backyard of this man's house. And then there's all of these domestic violence issues. And they still don't say, oh, well, that's enough. Like violence and violence. And like, what more do you need? <laughs> okay. Anyway. So in May of 2010, just three months after that search that they did with the cadaver dogs. Alleged. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, they, they did do they did do a search with cadaver okay. dogs, but we'll get into the like how that came about and why okay. that's pretty messed up a little later. So just a few months after that search, Pazuzu is arrested for choking his mom, Cynthia. But she ultimately, being the loving enabler that she is, she ultimately drops the charges. Then a year later, or a year, year and a half-ish later, in September of 2011, Pazuzu's wife, Amber, is arrested for assaulting Cynthia. Just two months after that, Amber is arrested again for hitting Pazuzu. Okay. Okay. So. Guys, let's solve our problems with our words. <clears throat> yeah. No, they don't like words. That's not. Well, that's not something they do. Okay. So keep all that in mind as we go through, because I, some of that was right around the same time that Pazuzu and his friend, Nicholas Rizzi, are also arrested in October of 2010. Charged with the shooting of Joseph Chandler. Joseph was a 30-year-old legally blind man who they met at a convenience store on June 7th, 2010. So this is almost a year after Josh Wetzler disappeared. Okay. They somehow convinced Josh Chandler to go with them to a nearby river under the premise of shooting guns for target practice. Is it he's blind? blind? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but that's that's their story. Is that oh well we were just we were just going down by the river to shoot some guns for target practice. Yeah, okay. Basically what ends up happening is that while Joseph stood on the bank of the river and lit a cigarette, Nicholas Rizzi attempted to shoot him from behind with a rifle, but it jammed. Now, he's blind, and he had his back to him, so while he heard something behind him, he didn't know what it was. He didn't necessarily know that it was pointed at him. Nicholas goes back to the car, retrieves a handgun, and shot Joseph basically point blank in the back of the head. Just because? Very, very close in the back of the head. Yeah. Joseph's mother, Sheila, tried to report him missing the very next day. She says that police told her to look in a ditch because, mind you, Joseph is a black man with a history of, like, drug charges, like, small drug charges and whatnot. But he had, in the time prior to this, kind of gotten himself together. He went back to school. He was actually doing really well. They told him mother to go look in a ditch. Yes. I hope 
that they sleep well at night knowing that that's the kind of police work that they're doing. Yeah. Later that day, they found his body by the river. Nicholas Rizzi pled guilty to involuntary manslaughter in March of 2011, as both men claimed the shooting was an accident. Just let that simmer. Yep. Even, like, even if they say it's an accident and you don't have any other witnesses, how, as the prosecutor, do you think that they accidentally shot him point blank at the back of the head? Yeah. Don't know. Well, I think that's where the story of the, like, something Jamie... I, I don't know. Again, like... Couldn't can't get court records, so can't get like don't really know the. I mean, I could if I wanted to drive to North Carolina, but yeah, sorry. Maybe someday. Hey, I'll someday I'll have the money to just randomly take a little road trip to another state to get court records, but not yet. Anywho, uh, Pazuzu was charged with an accessory after the fact, and was ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation. Much like Stacy, Josh Wetzler's ex, Joseph's mother claims that she continuously got the runaround from police and the prosecution. She was told that she didn't need to go to either the plea hearing nor was ever given details to the case. That's rude. However, one thing did get released accidentally by the Forsyth county clerk's office and that was pazuzu's psych eval it accidentally got released to the media oops so this is when everyone finds out that he has had untreated psychological disorders for years so severe that he's on social security disability because he can't hold down a job yeah the psyche valve also, like, a lot, of course, a lot of it is what Pazuzu told them. And he's known for, you know, exaggerating things, making stuff up. Like, nobody knows what the truth is and what's, what's just exaggerations and lies. But he tells the psychiatrist that he practices a religion called Sumerian, that he and his wife are the only ones who practice it. And that he learned of its rights and beliefs while on a five-year shamanistic journey. I don't even know that that's a correct word, a word. And I know, you know, Sumerian is not a religion. No, they just... (laughs) So, So, his religion included sacrificing small animals... And to give everyone an idea of just how sick and depleted he was, meaning like physically sick and depleted, his discharge medications included a prenatal vitamin. Oh, no. He was so... He was so... Now, the reason that that stood out to me and is a big deal for anybody who isn't familiar with any of this, either mental illness or medical the basics of medical stuff the reason that that stands out is that truth be known people can act borderline like they have a severe mental disorder mental health issue just 
because of a lack of nutrients. Oh, exactly. Yes. Just because they're deficient in some nutrient. So this man already has a mental health disorder. And he is not obviously not eating properly. He's doing so many drugs and drinking so much that he has depleted his body of necessary nutrients. Do you know how badly you have to be eating to be taking a prenatal vitamin? Yes. As a grown man. Like, yes. That is so far. Yes. That's not just eating fast food every day. That's just not consuming no, anything. That's not consuming enough. And like your body's in starvation mode pretty much. That's that is so And sad. he was really really skinny. I mean, you could look at him despite like even if you're not a person that looks at somebody that you know, looks rough and has tattoos and you d you don't instantly assume like he looked like a drug addict, not because of those things, but because he looks so sick. Yes, he looks. But yeah. they have a look. I mean, it's just the truth. Like, yeah, my boyfriend's a first responder and he'll he'll tell me all the time. Like, it's the difference between pale and gray. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's that is so sad. Yes, that's horrible. And it was, of course, recommended by the psychiatrist that he receive a mandatory mental health and substance abuse treatment as part of his yeah. release plan. But did they do that? No. Not really. Not from what anything can, anybody can tell. He received a suspended sentence and five years probation. Now. We had a request from somebody to define, like, especially the legal terms yes. and stuff more. Um, so I'm trying to do, I'm trying to get yes. better at that. So for anybody who doesn't know what a suspended sentence is, Cornell Law School defines a suspended sentence as an alternative to imprisonment where a judge may partially or entirely suspend the convicted individual's sentence so long as they fulfill certain conditions. If the conditions are violated, it is up to the state to petition the court to revoke the suspended sentence and reimpose the original term of the sentence in an evidentiary hearing by a preponderance of evidence standard. So the, preponder the preponderance of evidence standard in this case essentially means that they would have to prove that the defendant more than likely violated the conditions of the suspended sentence. But I found that interesting that it's not automatic. He's on probation, but it doesn't say like, oh, well, the probation officer could just report that information and then bam, the court's going to do it. No. There has to be a hearing. There has to be a hearing. It has to be done. So it has to go through several steps. The probation officer may be able to report that, but they'd have to report it to the prosecution if you will, and then they have to motion. I wonder why, because you would think that the probation officer would be the final, would be the one who said. That's what I thought. But uh, but now you're just adding steps in this whole time. This is a long yeah. process. They're doing the wrong thing anyway. Like they're just, they can just keep going until. Yes. Here's the thing. There's no evidence that he got any substance abuse treatment or any mental health help whatsoever from everything that I've seen. I, I won't say, you know, yeah. I, I very much want to put that 
disclaimer of like, obviously, I haven't been researching this case for like a year. Like I so it's possible. But from everything that happens, like the timeline in the case, I don't see how. Yeah. And nobody's reported that, oh, well, he was seeking it, but it just didn't help. Like nothing. So clearly, I don't know what the standards were, the conditions were of his suspended sentence. So it almost seems like they just didn't want him in the jail because he's agoraphobic. He's schizophrenic. Like. They just didn't see that as a good outcome, which I agree with. I don't yeah. think, and we will come to find out that it's not good for him to be in jail. But again, he slipped through the cracks. Yeah. So it's just they more just evidence. They just said, not my, not my problem, not my problem. Yeah. It's just more evidence of him slipping through. So are you ready? <laughs> no, but yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Once... Do you recall Matt Flowers? I do remember Matt Flowers. Yeah, that's a great name. He was Dixie's former, former friend, boyfriend. Former boyfriend of Dixie, former friend of Pazuzu's, but when he was still John, even. Um, he got discharged from the military, went back to Winston-Salem, and reports that despite Pazuzu knowing that he was one of the people that reported him, like Pazuzu calls him yeah. and says, I know you turned me in. I know, I know you did. Pazuzu still is like, but you're my brother, man. Come hang out with me. I would have been terrified, but Matt Flowers was like, oh, I'll kill him. Like, I, oh, I, okay. I scared. Okay. <laughs> like, cool. it's fine. And actually, he says that, like, he started hanging out again because he wanted to keep an eye on Pazuzu. Yeah, somebody has to. Like, and so that way, if he witnesses something, he can step in and intervene. Like, he he was ready. He says multiple times in the docuseries, oh, I was ready to kill him. If the police don't do anything about it, like, yeah. <laughs> I'll do it myself. I don't care. Now, mind you, there's a couple other people that they show a lot in the docuseries that I'm not even talking about them yeah. because the guy played a very small role. Like, it's just he knew stuff. He wasn't there for it, but, like, he knew stuff. Yeah. And he hung out a lot. And it shows a lot about because they're trying to really play on that whole like these young people are desperate and then they get involved in drugs and it just spirals kind of thing. So him and his girlfriend are are in it quite a bit of the episodes and it's just sad. Yeah. Matt Flowers is in in it quite a bit and he all of them turn it around eventually, but it's like years Yeah, because like the docuseries. They probably shot it in like three, I would say three separate time periods. Okay. Like over a span of Mm -hmm. four or five years probably. And so you see them all kind of come out out the other side and they get better. But like Matt Flowers is struggling with drinking between his PTSD from the military and all of this craziness. And then these this other couple actually are struggling heroin addicts. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. Like, that, super sad to watch. Okay. Five years after Matt Flowers initially called to report the bodies, Pazuzu attempts to get him to kill someone. <laughs> okay. That's when Matt goes back to the police and tells them, I'm a military vet. I've already tried to talk to you about this. You need to listen. Yeah. And they listen. Once he's like, 
this is who I am. Because remember, he tried turning it in anonymously. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, you need to do something about this because I'm a military vet. And if you don't do something about it, I will. Yeah. And then I will literally come and turn myself in. But that's where I am with this because now he's trying to get me to kill people. And this is not okay. Yeah. So on October 5th, 2014, four years after their first search with the cadaver dogs, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office conduct a full search of the house. The house itself was so bad that they had to call a hazmat team. Yeah. And it was deemed uninhabitable and is eventually torn down shortly after the arrests and after the investigation. Yeah, there's some things that you just can't fix. So, in the backyard, they find multiple mounds of dirt where the body parts of not one, but two people are found. That's and no, so it wasn't Joseph Chandler. Oh my gosh! Because Joseph Chandler's body was at the bank. You're they right. Found he was him. found. Oh my gosh! Wait, hold on. I forgot that they found his body, and I yeah. thought we knew. Oh that- no! Oh gosh! No, no. Ah. They found Joseph Chandler because they left so that they could claim, well, it was just an accident, and then we panicked and we left. No, no, they found somebody else. As we know, one of the bodies belonged to Josh Wetzler. The second body was of a man named Tommy Dean Welch, who went missing in October of 2009, just three months after Josh. I thought that the time between Josh and Chandler was a long time for them to have not hurt anybody else. Yeah. So. Because they were like a full year apart. Yes. So Tommy... Tommy Welch, from what they gathered, his story was similar to Joseph Chandler's. Whoever talked to Tommy last, they knew he was walking somewhere to meet up with his brother. And they assumed that he encountered Pazuzu and Amber. Yeah. And that's the end of him. Because you encounter these people and that's it, right? So Pazuzu and Amber are both charged with first-degree murder and one count of accessory after the fact of first-degree murder. Crystal Matlock, the one of the many fiancés, mm-hmm. was charged with accessory after the fact of first-degree murder for assisting in the burial of Josh Wetzler. Now, the guy that I mentioned and his daughter tried to report yeah. it, he actually passed away because he was much older mm-hmm. than them. He passed away before any of this happened. And his daughter actually said, like, when this all came to light and I saw that they were all arrested, it's so sad because she's like, I'm kind of glad that my dad had passed away because I knew he would have been right there with yeah. them getting arrested. Here's the interesting thing. Um, Cynthia then quietly leaves town. Pazuzu's mother. Mm -hmm. She can't live in the house. The house is deemed uninhabitable. Was she living at the house still? Oh, yeah. During all of it. Yeah. During all of it, she was living there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She's not heard or seen, like, 
journalists are even looking for her, of course, because they want a statement. First-hand account. Yeah. But she stays quiet. Obviously, many people that are involved or looking into the story after the fact are upset that the police did not do more with the initial reports about Josh Wetzler. They feel like a search could have been made regardless, you know, Mm -hmm. like, how do you not get a search warrant after all of these things pile up against this guy, especially after, like, the Joseph Chandler thing? Yeah. The domestic violence things. Like, how does this not all add up to say, okay, let's just go and check, like, really, really check. But I guess because they did with cadaver dogs, they thought... That they had. Well, we did and found nothing. Like we said before, Joseph Chandler and Tommy Welch would have never met these people had they been busted on Josh Wetzler's murder. But most journalists really started spinning the whole devil worshiping angle yeah. Rather than getting like all the nitty gritty details. And some of that's because a lot of mainstream journalism seems to like they want to go the the appropriate routes. Like they want to just hear what the police have to say, hear what the prosecution has to say. They don't want to do like nitty gritty what yeah. what Chad Nance from the docuseries calls, he's like, we've had to do dirtbag research because they keep sealing all the records. Yeah. So you got to dig in deeper and talk to more people and like, and just figure out who seems credible and who doesn't and that sort of thing. get into so they've been arrested yay yay happy ending right no (laughs) the hearings for all three defendants were delayed of course nobody knows why exactly because the records were sealed but that definitely fueled people's questions about the investigation including why why is everything sealed why is this a big deal if you're if the investigation is over they've been caught why is it sealed why can we not know what is in those search warrants in the spring of 2015 rumors begin to spread that pazuzu attempted to commit suicide by biting into his arm. Oh, gross. So remember, he's got those pointy teeth. Ah, I forgot about the teeth. It is then reported that Pazuzu is moved to another prison on a safekeeping order, which is executed when a prisoner is a danger to themselves or others. This order was also sealed from the public. Why? (laughs) No one knows. I don't understand. Despite being moved to a different prison and on a safekeeping order, 
Pazuzu is found dead in his prison cell on October 28, 2015, leaving a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, I hate that. There's so I have so many questions. Yep. And Okay, so let's recap really quick. Josh mm-hmm. Wetzler they took according to that witness, they took him into the basement, starved him for days. Yes. And then killed him. Yes. And then dismembered and buried him in the backyard. Correct. And then in order of timeline, it would have been Tommy. Yes, just a, a few months later. And we don't know what we don't happened know. to him. All we know is he was walking yard. and he must have met Amber and Pazuzu. And he must have probably gone back. Now, he too has a history of not such great stuff. So who knows? Did they like lure him yeah, to come knows? with us? We're going to go party, you know, like who knows? And then it was. Oh, my gosh. What was his name? Joseph Chandler. Joseph Chandler. Who yeah. was an accident. According to them, but yeah. in reality, and that they involved just shot him. correct, and that involved Pazuzu and his friend Nicholas. N- Amber was not there. Yeah, so he's the outlier, kind of. Joseph, yes, yes, Joseph, yes. But the interesting thing is, it, like all of these, along with like Matt Flowers' testimony to, he tried to get me to kill this guy. And the whole reason that he tried to get Matt to kill this guy, here's what happened, is they're hanging out at the house. Some new guy comes and hangs out with them. And Matt Flowers doesn't say who it is. He just says, I don't know. He n- I'd never seen him over there before. He's, But he's this big guy. Like, he was cut. He was strong. He was, you know, big guy. And Pazuzu starts verbally assaulting his mother. Okay. In front of everyone. And that guy steps in and like basically tells him, no, don't talk. You're to not going to talk. Like to your, yeah. Don't talk to your mother like that. I'm not, I'm not going to stand for that. And Pazuzu plays it off like, oh, ha, ha, yeah, OK. And he stops. But then he pulls Matt Flowers aside and is like, hey, hey, let's kill this guy. You're going to kill this guy. And Matt Flowers says that he literally slammed Pazuzu's head against the cabinets and was like, screw you. I ain't killing nobody. Yeah, exactly. But then he wanted to get that guy out of there because there were uh, there's always other people hanging around. And so he's like, hey, yeah, why don't you come with me? Like, we're going to we're going to go buy some more beer, blah, blah, blah. He like gets him out of the house under that premise. Yeah. He takes him out to dinner and says, yeah, Pazuzu's crazy. He wanted me to kill you. Here, I'm buying you dinner. Leave. Shout out to Matt Flowers. Yeah. so <laughs> A real one. A G. So it's, you know, yeah, Matt Flowers seems like, like, he just seems like uh, he's got his problems. Oh, yeah. Like, you can tell. But his heart's in the right place. Dude is haunted by a lot of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, he's not. He. Definitely doesn't seem like a bad guy. Yeah. I don't know. That was my take. I don't know. If somebody has a different take on it, if they watch it and you got a different take. Fair enough. Let me know. Yeah. I'll hear I'll hear different perspectives, but So do we ever does the Amber ever come out and say like what motivated them to kill these people? No. Just cause. Just cause they're there's, there's a, yeah. 
There's and never any real answer. That's part of the unanswered questions is like, why? 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 And that's part of why the, I think because people want answers, yeah. then the mainstream media goes on this like, oh, they're devil worshipers. Devil worshipping. So they're sacrificing animals and it turned into something bigger. Like, But it's that's not what's happening. What's happening is that this man has so many mental health issues that were never addressed or and he yes. never nobody paid attention enough or did the right things to help him and people in his life are either i mean even even matt flower even the people who stood up to him to some degree or didn't or yeah. who like went to the house a couple times and never went back because they see how crazy yeah. it all is they even admit that like he was one of those people that somehow made you feel special somehow made you feel he had that persona of like so like you said is this a cult and i'm like oh it could have been definitely could have. he definitely could have if he was not agoraphobic and so like if he had taken a different route where he made himself more attractive or enticing to average people rather than just people who have like this dark traumatic side he definitely probably could have started a cult Mm -hmm. based on the description that a lot of people are giving which is like you know matt flowers is torn because in one hand he's like i was ready to kill myself on the other hand there's one part where he gets like a little bit choked up and he's like i miss my friend I miss my I yeah. miss my friend of who he was before exactly. he did these terrible things. I think you could separate it though. Like, yeah. you know, it it doesn't erase the bad if you remember yeah. the good. And I think sometimes you have to remember the good in order to like justify I have to turn him in because this isn't who I think he is. I think this is a result of his surroundings, a result of his mental health yep. disorder, a result of not eating enough, a result of being ignored, a result of nobody speaking up. And, like, not that people didn't speak up. They did, but they were ignored. Yeah. It just nothing was ever taken as seriously as it should have been and followed through with from start to finish. Everything from his mother enabling him his whole life to the school systems to the council, like, all of it, to the police, to the people in his, just all of it. The neighbors, just society as a whole. Like, exactly. It's, and that's the real matter that, like, Chad Nance and these documentary, I don't know what to call them, documentary people, (laughs) producers, producers are trying to get at that, like, so people would rather buy into the whole devil worshiping story than to really look around and go, wow, we really do let people fall through the cracks. Yeah. Then admit that this is why we got to this point. Yeah. So, after his death, the press conference, they hold a press conference, and it gives no real information other than he did. dead. He did. <laughs> That's it. He did. Basically, like, journalists are asking question after question, and the sheriff just keeps, or the deputy just keeps saying, I'm sorry, I don't have that information. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't release that information, because stuff is still sealed. Yeah. yeah. So, it was useless, other than... He did. Pazuzu's autopsy that eventually gets released uh, shows that he only had one injury to his arm. 
But it does note that his teeth were damaged, but it doesn't describe them as, like, filed down or pointed. Yeah. So how pointy were they really like yeah <laughs> i mean maybe that's maybe people saying that like he maybe he was trying to do that but didn't really succeed fully i don't know yeah reports from the department of corrections claim no weapon was found in the cell which leads people to believe that he didn't he did in fact get left long alone long enough to chew through his arm Oh, my god! Which, if you're on suicide watch under safekeeping orders, somebody should, should be not. checking on you regularly. Because that takes a minute. Yes. People are also questioning the investigation into his death because it's the Department of Public Safety that is tasked with investigating these types of matters. Yes. But they also happen to be the people who manage... The Department of Corrections. So some people are saying so, that's a conflict yeah, of interest. Yeah, they're <laughs> investigating their own mistakes. Yes. And, like, obviously they're not going to say, oh, well, this was our fault. Yeah. Take that for Ugh. what it is, I suppose. So basically this left uh, Amber Birch and Crystal Matlock. They yes. still hadn't have... He killed himself before trials took place. Yeah. So, so he didn't get anything. So it's all on them now. So Amber Birch was left as the main target, of course, uh, for Josh Wetzler and Tommy Welch. And on March 9th, 2017, nearly two and a half years after their arrest, she agrees to a plea deal. Now, because it was a plea deal... There's no real trial, trial. but there's a hearing, mm -hmm. and they go, they basically have the factual basis testimonies to help determine the sentence. In those hearings, it comes out that Pazuzu had confessed to shooting Josh Wetzler, and Amber confessed to shooting Tommy Welch. A detective also testifies that Josh had been staying at their house for as long as a month before he was killed. Stacy, Josh's ex-girlfriend, had no idea that he had ever heard. She had never heard of Pazuzu. She's like, how would he have been staying there for a month? And I never knew. So I don't know if she just doesn't believe that or if she's just having a hard time yeah, understanding thinking like oh he was really hiding stuff from me i, I you know that's hard to hard to yeah. say but here's the final shock the big shock to everybody is when they hear that cynthia pazuzu's mother was present in the house for both murders but continued to go about her business leaving for work just before Pazuzu pulled the trigger on the final shots of Josh Wetzler. Again, slow blinking. <laughs> I, so, okay. Okay. So how, I understand how that you were in a really tricky situation, especially financially, and that your son is abusive and taking over your life. But what has to give? Like, what would have been the straw that broke the camel's back for her to do something? I don't know that there's much. That's kind of that's kind of the issue. 
is from some people who, uh, at least one person who was interviewed for the document series, she basically enabled him his whole life. Yeah. And many people come to believe, like, he turned, like, she's the number one crack that he fell through, like, because she just never put a stop to anything at a point when it was manageable. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, how they describe that is actually kind of more chilling than I even, like, kind of summed it up there. In that, supposedly, she was getting ready for work. She hears shots. She goes into whatever room or the basement or whatever and sees him there with a gun. And she turns around and is like, I don't have time for this. I have to go. And she leaves and he's like, okay, I'm going to finish him off then kind of thing. I don't know if that's actually accurate, but that's how it's described. What's horrible is like, while yes, she was enabling him, she was also a victim of him at the same time. Yes. And that's so, it's so messy and it's hard to, it's such a gray area how confused she must have felt all the time. Yeah, you, you have to, you have to just go and watch the series (laughs) because that's exactly how I thought of it. All through the whole docuseries is like, I know this mother is enabling him, like, yes, hardcore. But obviously, he's abusive to her. Obviously, like, we don't know, like, what mental health issues does she have? Like, or whatever. Okay. So I have a lot. I'll get there. Okay. I promise. Okay. I will get there. I just don't want to, like, okay. I'm, I don't want to mess place. up your flow. No, it's okay. So they have the hearing, and then Amber Birch is sentenced to a maximum of 30, 39 years with credit time served. Okay. Okay. Then on June 5th, 2017, Crystal Matlock pled guilty to conspiracy uh, to accessory after the fact in the murder of Josh Wetzler. She was sentenced to a maximum of four years and 10 months with credit time served. Okay. At the end of Crystal's hearing, though, Amanda Martin, a First Amendment attorney, stands up to address the court. It was so ballsy. She is just like, stand, like they're getting ready. Just, okay, we're done. Like, they even interviewed the judge briefly. And he yeah. was like, I was ready for my lunch. My wife packed my lunch. Like, I had <laughs> leftover salmon from yesterday that I was looking forward and to And all of a sudden, Amanda Martin's like, excuse me, judge. Hey. <laughs> and she's she, risking it for the biscuit. On behalf of the Winston-Salem Journal, she raised the question if the sealed records could now be released since that was the last trial or last hearing that is ballsy he says yeah okay well i mean obviously not right then and there but he took time to think about it i'm sure but with crystal matlock being the final defendant the judge found no reasons for the records to continue being sealed yeah so according to chad nance the journalist the kind of independent journalist He gets the search warrants, and he says these search warrants prove negligence. Yeah. Yes. 
the records show that on the same day that Stacy Carter contacted the police to report Josh missing, they had other individuals call and report the bodies in the yard. So wait, did they just have the bodies in the yard before they buried them? And people were seeing it? Or did they see... Do you know? No, no, no. They they had him in the basement for several days. One person described said that he was pouring bleach and cat litter over top of yeah. Josh's body to keep the smell down. Although, how... It already smells like ammonia in your house, yeah, dude. Yeah, like, matter? But... And then once he... Because Amber Birch was actually not there at the time... She was up in South Carolina for some reason. So then he calls her. He has to wait for her to drive uh, back up. No, I'm saying it the opposite because we're in Florida. Yeah, but, yes. <laughs> but he has to wait for her to drive back into North Carolina from South Carolina. And, hel- and then he's like, okay, help me. And then they get Crystal Matlock and her. I, I don't know that I should call him a boyfriend, but sort of like boyfriend involved in dismembering and and or burying i don't know who we don't i don't know who did what exactly so it was days between the time at least days between the time that he shot him and killed him and then burying him okay here's the thing this is what's frustrating about the whole we did a search with cadaver dogs if you walked into that backyard Anybody, anybody at all walked into that backyard, you would question what have these people buried here? Because they didn't dig hole. They dismembered the bodies, but the holes were so small and so shallow that literally there were mounds of dirt everywhere in the yard. So it was just obvious. They didn't even it was need the dogs. so obvious. There's one hole, one of the holes that was Josh Wetzler. That Dixie had told Matt Flowers, we put a tarp over it and then put a mound of dirt on it because his knee or something kept popping out or sticking out. So we put a tarp over it. So literally, they could have just pulled that tarp, probably pulled it with the dirt on it and found it. I had to Google pictures. I had to. I, yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And it's you don't absolute- need to Google. You can go on our Instagram and I'll, I'll have that picture that I'm looking at. And one of the CSI um, people heading up the investigation once in the final search. Okay. He says, oh, absolutely. The neighbor from the, na- the one neighbor's deck. Yeah. They absolutely could have seen everything in that backyard from their deck. So who knows? Maybe they were the anonymous Tazuzu yeah. <laughs> report. We don't know. But that's interesting that the same day that she reports Josh missing, and they know he's missing because they have his car, they found his car, other people are reporting that, hey, there's a, somebody got killed. And in this small town, and like, no, that doesn't automatically mean that it's Josh Wetzler, but like, this is a small town. If so, even if you don't put two and two together, how are you getting reports that people <laughs> have killed somebody and you're not looking? Yes. Me no comprende. It also shows that they had a delay. Here's, here's why they use cadaver dogs. They had a delay in using 
the equipment requested to search the yard for bodies. You know, those things that they run over. Okay. This is so hard to say. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So they request the equipment. The company or whoever has the equipment says there's going to be a delay. They say, nope. We need to move forward. So we can't wait that long. So they use cadaver dogs, find nothing, but then still don't follow up with the equipment and say, well, maybe we should get that equipment, even though it was available just two weeks later. It was a two-week delay. It's already been five years, folks. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Unbelievable. There's also record of Cynthia, Pazuzu's mother, going to the police in November of 2011, around the time that Amber Birch got arrested for assaulting her. Yeah. So I understand this a little bit, kind of. I understand how they could see her as being just bitter at Amber and trying to get Amber in trouble on one hand. On the other hand, you have so many things adding up. Again, with the circumstantial crap, it piles up and all signs are pointing that something has gone wrong at this house, right? She goes to police saying that Amber Birch, she, she walked in a room just after hearing shots and found Amber Birch with a gun having just shot a man in their house. But when they tell Cynthia they need her permission to do a search of the house, she says no. But then she's upset that they won't just, like, go after Amber for murder, but she doesn't want them searching the house. Huh. I wonder why. Even if you think that she's just trying to get Amber in trouble, like, still, wouldn't you question, like, gee, we've done searches on this house already. We've had multiple reports. And now this lady's like, oh, yeah, she did something, but I don't want you searching the house. Like, isn't that suspicious? (laughs) Yeah, that's a little strange. Quite sus. Okay. So at the end of the docuseries, Stacey Carter, Josh Wetzler's ex, actually goes and meets with Cynthia. Oh, my gosh. How did she not just suck her in the face? I don't know, because she held it together really well, and afterwards, she's like, do I forgive her? Yes and no. Like, I understand she, just like you said, she's a victim, too. Like, she lost a son, too. Yada, yada. But she's angry that, like, yeah, why didn't you do something sooner? Why, like, none of this had to happen and stuff. So... I don't know how she held it together because I sat there just ready to punch something the entire time I'm listening to this woman. I'm like, you delusional old woman, what are you talking about? Because she's got her house now. She's got pictures of him everywhere. Pictures of him when he's little. Now, I would understand you keeping pictures of him when he was still like a kid, a kid. Yeah. When things were good. No, she even had pictures of him with his dreads and his tattoos on his face. And she, like, rubs the photo frame and is like, here's my little warrior. 
what, what is wrong with you? You psycho. Okay. When we say it was when he had his dreads and his tattoos, there's nothing wrong with that. It's that oh, no, that's I'm, when yeah. he was acting that's like when, this. Yes, yes. That is By the phase means. of his life that he like, was Like, if you in. have dreads and tattoos, you're way cooler than me. As long as you're not <laughs> Pazuzu and killing people. Yes. Like, absolutely. But that, to me, as a mother, I'm like, no. I get, like, why you would want to remember the good times with your son. And you would want to. I, I get that. But that's not it. Like, yeah. that picture in particular is n- not it. Like, this is when he's already full-fledged an addict and and trashing your house and all of this stuff. Like, how is that? The that's- abuse that she went through on top of whatever else she's dealing with is so yeah. consuming that she just can't see it, which is so, no, is so because sad. because here, I'm going to... I'm going to quote some things for you that she says. (laughs) Okay, I'm scared. Yeah. She says she honestly doesn't know why her son killed Josh and that he was, quote, not himself when it happened. She says that he was likely on drugs and alcohol and that she, quote, had to protect my son. As well as he was freaking out and was still holding the gun And she knew that he could have shot her, too. But I found it interesting, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but I found it interesting that it was in that order. Yeah. Her first instinct is, I need to protect my son. The second thought, or, like, the afterthought is, oh, yeah, and he has a gun and, like, is not in his right mind and obviously just shot somebody. So, see, and to me, that's so backwards. Like, I know you're my kid and I love you, but, like, you've lost your mind and you just shot somebody. I'm going to be scared that you are going to shoot me, but that's going to be my first thing. I'm going to get out of there or I'm going to try to get the gun away from you or something. I don't know. I'm not a parent. I can't put myself in that position at all, but it's definitely it definitely indicates how she feels when she says it in that order for sure. Yeah. She also tells Stacy, um, this, this is really hard. She also tells Stacy that she wants her to know that John had some mental problems, but he wasn't a bad guy. And that she tried to get him help, but continuing psychiatrists and psychologists and continuing all of that cost takes a lot of money it does it's expensive it does but here's here's my problem with that back up to when he was very young yes and first had issues you were a single mother yes you likely you were a single mother in like the early 80s yes yes mid 80s like when he very first started showing signs you likely could have gotten some kind of assistance i know that because my mother was a single mother and my brother had some issues and needed to go see a psychologist and my mom made it happen because she had assistance most psychiatrists psychologists you can find those who Well, even if there's not some major program, Mm -hmm. they will work with you on like a sliding. You can find somebody, a counselor, somebody that will work with you on a sliding scale 
so that you're only paying you're paying a much smaller portion than what yes. the normal cost mm-hmm. is. That's one thing. Now, as him as an adult saying that, I'm sorry, but your son is on social security disability because of his mental state. You can't tell me that there's not some other for again, sliding yeah, scale of or some kind of assistance that's going to help. And if it's not there in that town, then I, as a mom, I'd be pushing him. You need to go where there's help. Yes, absolutely. You need to go where there's help and I'll go with you or I won't. But yeah, whatever you do, whatever you have to do. It, but, I agree. And that it's not like, oh, he was living like like we had no idea this was happening like no there were so many other things that was happening oh this was beyond the oh i didn't know how bad it was phase like you're pooping in the corner dude like you're sacrificing and and there's a report in his psyche val that she says i'm scared that if he won't be able to practice his religion and sacrifices animals at the full moon that he will try and kill himself. That's not normal. <laughs> yeah. And like there's there's a line there for sure that she should have. You know, it's so it's so messy. It is. So ultimately, that was one of the most difficult sections of that docuseries for me to watch was watching Stacy talk with her because it just she's so set on yeah i don't know if i could get through that she just has blinders on and she literally says you've got to remember the good things and block out all the bad things it's fine when when matt flowers does that because he still was able to say i miss who my friend was but when the time yeah. when it came down to it he was not doing the right thing and i would have done what i could to fix that yeah well, not and I saying, don't think he's saying he's not saying block out all block the, bad out things. the bad things. He's, he's just saying, saying I can separate exactly. the two and I and remember that this person. one and still understand. And that's yes. where the difference is. I agree. Absolutely. So it's very unfortunate. Like I said, most everybody in the series after, you know, in the last episode of the series most everybody kind of like had moved on they're doing much better not flowers like wasn't drinking as much or if if at all i don't know but said that he was like going back to school to for criminology and he hopes to be a pi um the couple that unfortunately showed a lot of their heroin use and stuff they had had a son and they were no longer together, but they were co-parenting and yeah. they had both gotten sober. That's nice. And that was very nice to see because that was the probably the second hardest part of watching the series was seeing their path of drug use and whatnot. And Stacy and her son, though, still were kind of suffering the effects of all of this, obviously. I mean... Aside from the obvious of, like, she lost the love of her life. Because who knows? If he had been able to pull himself together, they could have worked it out. could have worked it out. He was just in a hole and he was backed into a corner and that's why he was making decisions. Yes. And their son lost his father and that's obviously Mm -hmm. horrible. 
but they're also still dealing with like financial struggles. And because Josh, Josh's body wasn't found until five years after the death, that is the date that they go by. So her son was in, is entitled to Social Security from his father being dead, except that they, instead of dating it in July of 2009 when he went missing, they date it from the time his body was found. So there's five years worth of Social Security money that they could really use because she is still moving from like crappy place to crappy place and trying to hold down jobs and take care of her son. And she can't get it because they're like, no, sorry, we got to use the date on that he was found. And that's horrible. Yep. So it's unfortunately a story that affected so many people. I mean, it's not just you're like cut and dry like this person killed this person. Yeah, this is no, it's very it was gray. Like this person manipulated and coerced all of these people and then they started killing people like it or got involved or whatever wow yeah it's crazy i wish i had a happier ending for everybody yeah it's very unfulfilling (laughs) because there's no answers but but yeah and that's what when i got to the end of it i was like dang it that's it that oh i don't know if i should do this case but it's such a good example of the mental health side of things and the coercion side of things oh of like people just getting involved with the wrong person. That's crazy. And getting swept away and stuff. So, well, I think you did an excellent job sorting through that mess. So, it's a lot. It is. But I do highly recommend still, even though I covered a lot of what they talk about and stuff, um, I do recommend The Devil You Know on Hulu. Hey, I'll check it out. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. See you guys next week. We'll hear you guys next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Burden of Proof Pod and email us at burdenofproofpod at gmail.com.